Good morning, everyone. Good to be with you all today. I want to I want to give a thanks to Matt for, uh, you know, getting me all set up this morning. He got my mic all set up. He prayed for me, gave me instructions what to do, and he did a wonderful job on the, you know, opening up, giving us the introductions of prayer. Don't you appreciate Matt? Amen. <laughs> and uh, I also want to give a special uh, announcement that uh, Pastor David Shelton is with us today. <laughs> I was uh, I was privileged uh, to be here yesterday for the service. Uh, Reverend Jerry, our brother Jerry uh, Roberts' uh, father's memorial, and Pastor David did the sermon. And, uh, the message did a great job. Thank you. And I want to thank Pastor David Dean for uh, allowing me, giving me the privilege to to be uh, to do the pulpit supply this morning. It's very it's an honor. It's an honor. Uh, my wife and I, Tess, we we just. Uh, so blessed to be members here at Calvary Baptist with you. Uh, we're blessed with the, uh, your fellowship. We're blessed with the worship music. And we're blessed with the messages and the ministry of, of Pastor David. Uh, we thank God for him. Especially during a time like this, you know, in our, in our, uh, in our nation, in our world. It seems like we're getting hit by storms, like one storm after another. Huh? Uh, you got the pandemic. Mm, the pandemic, the, what do you got, the insurrection, June 6th, you've got, you know, the latest, the thing with Hamas and Israel, the war that went on, there's a lot of things Amen. to be anxious about, if a person was going to be anxious, a lot of things that could be, you know, heavy on your mind, right? Yeah. I mean, on a, on a global scale, on a national scale, and on a personal scale. Now, the thing is, America is a high-anxiety society to begin with. The psychologists tell us that uh, the anxiety level has risen so much in the last 50 years that the average child in America today has an anxiety level of a psychiatric patient in the 1950s. Uh, a man by the name of Robert Leahy wrote a book called Anxiety Free, and he gives some of the reasons for that. He said uh, things like, you know, separation from extended family, uncertain future, threat of terrorism, uh, immersion in technology, uh, lack of emotional support. These are just some of the things that, that has risen the anxiety level of, of the children among us today. Now, there's a lot of things that can cause anxiety. There's a lot of things that can shake us up. And, and, and caused even depression. I want to tell you a story about a storm. Talking about storms that uh, you might know the actor uh, Bill Murray. Anybody know Bill Murray? Yeah, actor, comedian. He told a story to the uh, Chicago Sun-Times just a few years ago about a storm in his life that almost caused him to end his life. Uh, he said that uh, this was his first experience as an actor in Chicago. And he said his performance was so bad, going back to Johnny Carson, how bad was it? No, it was so bad. It was so bad. You know, after he performed, he walked out on the street, and he just kept walking. This was nighttime for two hours. And, but, but he found out he was walking the wrong direction, not only the wrong direction to his house, but the wrong direction to even want to stay alive. And... Uh, we're going to come back to his story in just a moment, but 
I want us to read now. We're going to look at, if you can, if you have a Bible with you, Matthew 14. We're going to look at a storm in the life of Jesus' disciples. And uh, this was in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. We're going to look at Matthew 14, verses 22 to 33. In the middle of the Sea of Galilee, uh, there was a storm, a literal storm. Uh, thank you, Chuck. Yeah, if you'd like to stand for the reading of God's word, that would be just great. And uh, we're going to look at how they found security in the midst of that storm. Let's read Matthew 14, 22 to 23. And it says this. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of them to the other side, where he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because of the wind that was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And he began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why do you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, <clears throat> the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Amen. May God's word be blessed. You may be seated. Amen. This was, this took place right after Jesus had performed the miracle, the great miracle, feeding over 5,000 with the, the, uh, a little boy's lunch. Okay. And he dispersed, he dispersed the crowd uh, that was there and he told his disciples to go out. This was uh, about... Uh, dusk, you know, it was getting dark, and he told them to go out, it was a six mile lake, he said, go to the other side of the lake, and so here they are, uh, you know, rowing their boat, here comes the wind, here comes the waves, and uh, just beating against the boat, and uh, it was a scary time, uh, they, they were, uh, you know, they were pretty high, talking about anxiety, they were on a high anxiety level, and you know, it was just, the waves were beating, and sometimes in our lives, isn't it true? The waves of worry can beat against our boat. Hmm? And, uh, you know, it's, sometimes it can beat pretty hard. And we need to, to find that security that Christ offers us. So that's, that's, that's what we're going to look at this morning. Finding security in the midst of the storm. Okay? When your boat is getting tossed around, okay, when you're getting blown about, how do you find security? What does that word even mean? Security, 
Secure comes from two Latin words. Se, meaning without, and cure, meaning fear. So it literally means to be without fear. You see, and this is how Jesus wants us to live with him in our lives, without fear. All right, we're going to look at three essentials this morning. Three essentials to finding security in the midst of life storms. Okay, the first is this. The first essential is to climb up on the mountain. Climb up on the mountain. That's just what Jesus did, isn't it? He, he sent out his disciples, and he climbed up on the mountain. What did he climb up on the mountain to do? That's right, Charlene, to pray. He climbed up to pray, specifically to be alone with God the Father and to pray. Jesus uh, uh, set the example in, in his prayer up on the mountain. You know, the mountain, in ancient times, mountains were symbolic of stability. They were symbolic of strength. They were symbolic of security. And mountains are significant, religiously significant for the Jew and, yes, for the Christian. Why? Because of the transactions with God that have taken place on mountains. Think about it. Mount Sinai was the mountain that God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. Mount Zion was the mountain in which Solomon's temple was built, the, the temple in Jerusalem. It was a mountain where Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount. And the Mount of Olives is where Jesus ascended into heaven. Climb up on the mountain and meet with God. Climb up on the mountain. Have that time alone with God. What does it give you? It gives you perspective. Here's the thing. Somebody once said that Prayer, when you pray, when you're alone with God in prayer, it's like spiritual, it's like breathing to the soul. It's been said prayer is like an umbilical cord where God is channeling his nourishment and his oxygen to us. Uh, one of the great church fathers, John Chrysostom, said this. He said, you know, a fish, talking about prayer, fish cannot live out of, outside of water. You know, it'll die. Before long, it'll die. He says, neither can the soul of man exist without prayer. Uh, it, it will grow languid and die. Prayer. Prayer. You know, 85%, 85% of Christians admit the only time they pray is on the run. Okay? Um, you know, and God will answer those prayers. He'll answer your prayers on the run. I'm, we, you know, we talked about it this morning, Sunday school, we're supposed to be praying constantly, but God deserves more than that. He deserves more than a prayer life that's confined to your shower, to your car, and to your grocery line. Amen? <laughs> yeah? He deserves time alone with you up on the mountain. Taking time alone with God. Here's the thing. When you do this, when you go, when you go up on the mountain, you get perspective. You, 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 when you get into God's word and you get into prayer and you start thinking God's thoughts, you know, this, is, this word we have is God's thoughts. When you start thinking, you see, God is above the storm. 
and you start understanding how do you get security in the storm? Go to God who is above the storm. And when you do that, you also grow. You grow like Jesus. You grow in maturity. You grow in Christ-likeness. I want to read you a prayer about a man who was praying to God about his, his growth. Okay? This might not be the most motivational prayer. Let me give you a little heads up on this. Okay? But he prays this. He prays this. Dear God, so far I've done all right. I haven't gossiped. I, I, have, I haven't lost my temper. I haven't been greedy or grumpy or nasty. I, I haven't been selfish or indulgent, and I'm thankful for that, God. But in a few moments, God, I'm going to get out of bed. <laughs> then I'm going to lead. I'm going to, I'm going to lead you a lot more help. Uh, I hope our prayer is a little more motivational than that. Huh? <laughs> Here's the thing: we need to stay uh, committed to God. Go up on the mountain. Get that perspective. And Jesus was on the mountain. He was up on the mountain when he saw the disciples. He had been praying for a few hours yet. They were in the middle of a, a six-mile lake. He barely could see them, but he could see they were in trouble. And it was their, their need that motivated him to come to them in the midst of this storm. Jesus comes to his people in the midst of the storm. Amen? He'll come to you. So that's our first essential. In finding security in the midst of life's storms, climb up on the mountain. Number two, stay anchored in Christ's commands. Here's the thing. When they saw Jesus coming, they, uh, they, were more, they were even more distressed because they didn't know who he was at first, right? They saw this form coming, out, coming toward them on the water. Can you imagine? I mean, they were afraid. They, they said, ah, it's a ghost. But what's important, what's important is what Jesus said. Jesus gave them a command, didn't he? What was that command? Take courage. They identified himself. It is I. Do not be afraid. See, he gave them a command. Jesus' commands will anchor you. When the storms are blowing around you, they will anchor you. When the, when the storm wants to toss you and turn you, his, his commands will anchor you. They'll give you stability if you let them sink in. They'll give you security if you hold on to them. And they'll give you sanity when things are getting crazy around you. All right? Bill Murray. Bill, things were getting crazy around Bill Murray. He needed to get his boat anchored. All right? But the winds of failure were blowing his sails toward destruction. And, and, and Bill Murray, he said he was going the wrong direction. He was going up Michigan Avenue. He was going up to Lake Michigan, and he said... You know, I, I, he said, I'm gonna, if I'm going to die, I might as well go into the lake and float, float around a little bit. I mean, that was his mindset at this point. You might be going through a storm in your life. You might be going through a, uh, storms in your family. Storms, you might have financial struggles, financial storms. You might have, maybe you're struggling with something about your faith or your work might be overwhelming you. Your school might be overwhelming you. There's all kinds of storms, amen, that we can go through in life. But Jesus came to them on this, in the storm. He came to them 
and gave them this command. To, to take courage. You see, Christ calls us to courage. That word courage that Jesus uses is the same word that he used in John 16, in the farewell address when he was about to go and leave his disciples. Go to heaven physically, rise from the dead, and, and, and leave them. He was telling, explaining to them that he was going to send the counselor, the Holy Spirit. And he told them this. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. I mean, that's a promise. He gave a promise right there. But then he gives them an even greater promise. He, what does he say? Take courage or be of good cheer. Why? I have overcome the world. Amen? Jesus has overcome anything in the world that will come against you to, uh, to sink your boat, right? He's the conqueror. And through his love, the Bible says, we are more than conquerors. He is our security. He is our security. Stay anchored. to. You can anchor your boat to his commands, to whatever he tells you to do. Anchor your boat to that in the middle of the storm. It'll give you security. Courage. Courage. You know, our greatest command is to love. We know that. That's the greatest command. That's the umbrella command. That strength and courage go under. 1 Corinthians 16, Paul says this. Verse 13, he says, Be watchful. Stand firm in your faith. Then he says, Be courageous and be strong. Then he puts up on the umbrella command. He says, let all that you do be done in love. Okay? But have that courage. See, it's the love of Christ that compels us to, to want to love him back, to obey his command, to be courageous. Have the courage to obey. Peter did. You know, when Jesus told him, be courageous, man, that's all Peter needed to hear. And when he realized it was Jesus, he was filled to the brim with enthusiasm. That's Peter for you, right? He was a man of action. He, he just liked to take action, and he told Jesus this. You know, he wanted to prove. He wanted to prove his courage to Jesus. So he said, Jesus, if it's you, he asked him, would you give me another command? Tell me to come to you. See, he saw Jesus walking on the water. And he knew if it was Jesus' will, if Jesus commanded it, that he could do it too. He wanted to experience the supernatural power that Christ would give him if it was his will. And yes, it was his will. What did Jesus say? Come, come. So Peter stepped out of the boat. Okay, He took that step. Sometimes in your life, in being obedient to God, to be courageous, God's going to call you to take that step of faith. huh? Step outside the boat. What is God calling you to be courageous about? What is God? Here's the, so Peter puts one leg over the boat, and then he puts the other leg, and then he uh, stands up, tests it out, you know, see if it's going to bear his weight. And it did. It did. He took one step, okay, took another, and 
so far so good. I mean, this is working. All right? He, he's staying anchored. He's staying anchored to, to Christ's commands. That's our second essential. Stay anchored to Christ's commands. To, to find that security in the midst of the storm. And then thirdly, and finally, keep your eyes on Jesus. All right? Now, he did have his eyes on Jesus at first. Took another step, took another step. Took several steps. But then it happened. Huh? What happened? Uh, the howling of the wind. Huh? The, the splashing of the waves. Hmm? It, it distracted him. It distracted him. So he turned his, he turned his sight from Jesus. What did he do? He, he, he looked at the wind, didn't he? He looked at the waves. And uh, what happened? Started to sink. It just weighed, weighed him down. Don't you know our worries can weigh us down? Don't you know they can kind of make us start to sink? You start to think about things you're worrying about. They get bigger and bigger, and then things get out of proportion. It's, gonna, it's like they're going to swallow you, just like the Sea of Galilee was, swall Galilee was swallowing Peter. You know, our worries can be like a fog. I never knew about Thule fog until I came to Modesto. <laughs> but you know how fog, you know, you, you know, truly fog, you can't see sometimes five feet in front of you, right? Our worries can be the same way. Our worries can fog our minds from seeing the light of God, the love of God, and the promises of God. Our worries, you know, here's the thing. The National Bureau of Standards tell us this about fog. Here's a little science about fog. You know, fog is like a mist, watery mist. Uh, uh, fog, dense fog, seven city blocks long and 100 feet in depth. You could confine, if you condensed all that fog, it wouldn't even fill a glass of water. You know, it wouldn't even, and, and in your worries, you got this, all this fog of worries in your mind. If that fog was really literal fog, you could take all that worries and squeeze it, squeeze it into a baby bottle, right? Let's keep it in the bottle, shall we, right? You say, Larry, how do you do that? How do you keep your worries contained? Keep your eyes off the waves and keep them on Jesus. Amen? The waves of worry. Keep your eyes off the waves of worry and, and, and keep your eyes on Jesus. What does the Bible say? Listen to this. Isaiah 26.3 Thou dost keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. God's promise. He'll keep you in perfect peace if with your mind's eye, you're, you're keeping your eyes on Jesus and then what? Trust in him. You see, that's the key. Keep your mind on him, trust him. What's his promise? I'll keep you in perfect peace. That's how you contain. Contain the worry. Keep it in the bottle. <laughs> And what did Peter do? You know, Peter, he was almost, almost reached Jesus. He was almost there. He was very close. And, and, and he began to sink, and he cried out. But he did something else. The time he cried out, he reached out. And what did Jesus do? Jesus reached back to him. Okay? And he cried out. See, that's what God wants us to do. He wants us. He did just the right thing. God wants us to cry out to him. You know, whether you're wanting him to, to save your soul, of whether you're just in trouble and you need help, 
What does the Bible say? Psalm 34, 6. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. Maybe you're in a situation where you know you're not right with God. You know that you're separated from God because of your sin. You've never asked Jesus to, to, to come into your heart and forgive you. Do what Peter did. What did he do? Lord, save me. Romans 10, 13, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be what? Saved. saved. Amen. That's what he wants. That's what he wants us to do. Just the, what Peter did. Call out to him. Cry out to him. He'll save you. He'll re you reach out to him, he'll reach right back out to you. That's how it works. And so Jesus said, come. You know, he, tells, he gives us the same command today. Whatever, whatever storm you might be going through, Jesus says, come. Matthew 11, 28 and 29. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your soul. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus held on to Peter, and Peter was at rest, and Jesus gave him a, a, just a gentle rebuke. Just a gentle rebuke. He said, Peter, he said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? In other words, why didn't you have confidence in me? Why didn't you have the trust in me? This was a lesson Peter would never forget the rest of his life as he continued to grow in his faith. And he held on to, and he held on to Jesus. And notice what happened when they went back in the boat. Peter and Jesus went back in the boat, and it says the wind died down, and it, and it stopped. And the people in the boat, here's the thing, when Jesus is in your boat, you know, he's going to give you that rest. When he's in the boat of your life, what did they do? Their eyes were open. They recognized who this is, and they started to do what? Worship him as the son of God. They understood who he was. You know, Ruth Graham, the late uh, uh, wife of Billy Graham, once said this, worship and worry cannot live together in the same heart. They are mutually exclusive. If you're busy worshiping Christ, you have no room for worry. Huh? Keep your eyes on Jesus to find that security in the midst of the storm. So how do you do it? How do you how find security in the midst of the storm? Climb up on the mountain. You know, take time alone with God. God is above the storm. Second, stay anchored to Christ's commands. Stay anchored to Christ's commands. What's his command? Be courageous and be strong. How do you do that? How do you stay, how do you stay anchored to his commands? You commit to obey. Commit yourself to obey. It'll hold you in place. And then third, keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't let the fog, right, of worry cloud your mind where you're not able to see God's light, God's love, God's promises. Bill Murray. Bill Murray kept walking. And he walked to a place. He actually walked in front of an art institute. And he went inside. This was late at night. 
And there was a picture there he was familiar with. It's actually a picture that he loved. It was a picture of a peasant girl in a field. It was dawn, so the sun was rising behind her. And, and it, this was at night. And, and, and Bill looked at that sun, and he looked at that girl, and he says, you know, she doesn't have a whole lot of prospects. But the sun is going up, coming up, and, and she's going to have another chance at it. He said, I'm a person too, and I'm going to have another chance at it every day. It was the sun that was rising that gave him hope to stay alive, to stay alive. There's another sun who rose, not a S-O-U-N, but S-O-N, amen? The Son of God, Jesus Christ, died for our sins, was buried. On the third day, he rose, and he is our hope. He is our security in the midst of the storm. Worship him. Call on his name. You'll find his rest. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your promises. We thank you for Jesus, Lord. And Lord Jesus, how you do come to us and you give us your commands and you promise, Lord, if we just call out to you, you'll hold on to us. You'll, re you'll reach back to us like you did, Peter. Help us all, Lord, to remember to pray, uh, uh, take time alone in prayer and grow in you, Lord Jesus. We thank you. We love you. In your name we pray.